Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. All right, here's the deal. You throw down $5 on a tournament game, and if that team wins, you get $200 in free plays. That simple, that easy. All right, now joined by a man of many hats. Matt, let me ask you this. How many revenue streams are you in right now? (laughs) Over or under four? Oh, definitely under. Under? Is is it just the main two then? You got the regular nine to five in Pac-12? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I just, are you paying me? How much do I get for this? That is true. You know what? Matt is such a nice guy. He actually humors me and comes on here for free. But you know what he does get to do? He gets to look at this A that is backing me right now. That thing is nice. Right. Ooh, I mean, that that's the, that's the envy of everybody that comes on the show and watches it now, right? Right. That is true. That is true. You, you, when you say back in the A, you're like, you're literally back in the A, like, like strong. I'm living it. I've got an ex-teammate of yours, Sean Elliott, behind me. Then okay. David Stoudemire, then Lute Olson, and the A. So what more do you really need? How cool was that to see Sean last night? Dude, I, you know what's funny about it? Yeah. There, you know, let, let's start on that for a second here because I don't think a lot of people really get, the younger generation really gets, what Sean Elliott was to Arizona basketball, who he's everything. Matt, just kind of give the, give the younger crowd a little bit of a, a, a synopsis as somebody who played with him. Well, I, I still think he's the greatest U of A player ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say it's not close because there have been some pretty dang good players. Including it's clearly him, though. It's clearly him. He was, you know, in the late 80s, he was like the original, like, you know, uh, small forward. 6'8", athletic, could shoot, could dribble. Like, he was sort of the predecessor to all these guys like Tracy McGrady and, mm-hmm. you know, Penny Hardaway and guys that played, you know, kind of a positionless wing. But – um you know, think about Lute Olson, obviously, the key to everything that ever happened at Arizona coming in the uh, early 80s. But, you know, without Sean Elliott, you know, how long does it take for everything to sort of, you know, click over? And, you know, at Achoya High School, a local kid, he ends up committing to U of A. I mean, it was it was a pretty unbelievable, almost a miracle that, that he was in town. When you first saw when you first saw Sean Elliott, what what were your initial what were just your initial thoughts when you saw him for the first time? Because you again, you're you're a guy with a pretty, you know, pretty nice basketball background yourself. But when you first saw Sean, what were your first thoughts? 
just, he was quiet, you know, really a quiet guy. And, um, but like every time I saw him like, and played with him and now today just makes me smile. Like his, his talent level just oozed off the court. And when I was, you know, lucky enough to play with him, obviously I, you know, I'd get switched on him every once in a while, unguardable. I could not guard him. And right. I could, I could guard everybody at least. Get in line though, Matt. I mean, what's that? Of, get in line on that one. Not a lot of people are guarding Sean Elliott. Oh man. It, it was, it was, like I said, he just made me smile. You know, he was, he was an incredible teammate, um, you know, kind of led by example more than anything. Never forget that shot he hit against Danny Ferry at the top of the key yeah. nine at the uh, Meadowlands. And, uh, you know, I mean, two-time All-Star, I think. He could have been a 10-time All-Star. I think sure. he, in some ways, deferred, you know, to, to Tim Duncan and David Robinson and those guys. Like, he could have been a 25-point-a-game scorer in the NBA. But he was such a great teammate. Do you think, and real quick, and then we're going to uh, get on uh, get on to the season here. But anytime we can talk about it, Sean Elliott, I'm going to take that. Uh, I'm going to take that opportunity right there. When when you look throughout, and I was telling a was telling a younger. Uh, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about this like I'm like 55. But uh, I was talking with a U of A kid about this a while back, and he was wearing a Sean Elliott jersey. He had his yeah, and I asked him if he knew who it was. And he said he just thought it was just the generic jersey. Well, <laughs> no, it's not. But you know what's right. really amazing, Matt, when you really dig down? If you look at the most accomplished players of the past 40 years, let's say the post-Wooden era in Pac-10, Pac-12 Pac basketball, Sean Elliott is, in, with a possible inclusion of Gary Payton maybe in there, yeah, but it's but it's Sean. If you're going by accolades, by resume, by numbers, right. with all due respect to Don McClain, it's Sean there. Oh, in the Pac-12, yeah, it's like like if you think NBA, that changes it. No, a no, 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 no. Just just you're college. saying college career. Yeah, there's no one. Um, and you know Don McClain, it's really cool. Like Don will tell you, hey, Don will say I'm the I'm the all-time leading scorer, but Sean was the best player of all time in the Pac-12 since that time. Right, for sure, and and that's cool to see. All right, now yes. let's get to the, let's get to what we saw last night. First and foremost, I want to start off with some optimism, and we're going to break down some of the negative parts, obviously. But Matt, just think about where we were at this time last year, where you have a coaching change, you've got a guy coming in, Tommy Lloyd, who I had heard of, didn't know a ton about. Mark Hughes, right hand man. If you were to tell me that we were going to be the number one seed, and you know what, maybe you lose in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, yes, I'll take that. Considering where we were last year, yeah, I'll be I'll be candid. I was somewhat skeptical um, about even about the hire because, and I didn't know Tommy at all. I'd never met him. Right. Didn't know anything about him other than he was an assistant at Gonzaga. It was more about the idea of a you know twenty year assistant coach. Um, you know, why has he been an assistant for so long? You know, why is he not a head coach? That it just never happened. You know, and right. like the amount of times it did happen, you could almost count on like two fingers, you know, and, and where it was successful um, right. at, at a big time program, at a at a major top 10 program. I'd, I'd have to say the only one I could think of is Roy Williams at Kansas mm -hmm. um, coming from Carolina. He was in the system right. for a pretty long time. So I just, you know, the idea of it seemed it seemed risky. Um, however, you know, I met Tommy when he when he was hired, took him out to lunch here. Um, I, I called down to the U of A, got the secretary down there within two days. I was having lunch with him. I mean, he's right. a, he was a man of the people and right. I loved him the first time I met him. Um, 
you know, you could tell he had a lot of confidence, um, a lot of belief in what he was doing, but not cocky at, at all. Like he just like nothing really seemed to phase him. And I thought, man, this guy's pretty easy going for, for the job he's taking on. And, um, and, and every month it seemed to get better. <laughs> you know, he just surprised me every month. I, I think what also helped, what also helped him a little bit is even though he's not a U of A alum, he was on the staff from, at Gonzaga. He saw some of Lute's best teams. He saw 01. He saw 03. He saw 05. He saw some of Sean Miller's mid-2010 teams right there. So he's right. fully aware of what Arizona basketball is capable of. It's not like you're bringing in a guy, you know, from the East Coast that, you know, maybe remembers this guy with gray hair that was a coach there. But uh, – he knows what this program can be. And I think that was an important, maybe a little bit of an overlooked part about the hire of him. Yeah, I think so too. You know, Kelso Washington, he was a West coast guy, even though he loves the the beastie boys, he was a West coast guy. <laughs> and, and, and great reference. Yeah. He, he, he knew like, and that's what, when they were at Gonzaga, it was interesting. I asked him about this. I said, what was, what was your guys's, you know, strategy to become Gonzaga? And he goes, look, it wasn't, like we didn't have some master plan and we were going to do, you know, these 10 things. And that's, we were going to become this incredible West coast power that nobody thought of in Spokane. He said, we just, we just kind of rolled up our sleeves and started working. Right. And he, he said, you know, we did it in a, we did it every way possible. We turned every stone over. We, we recruited really hard. We recruited in Europe. We developed players. We, you know, we hedged our bets with, okay, we're going to try to get this guy, but we're, we're developing this, you know, another guy that's on the team. Um, so he he understood, you know, they saw they wanted to be Arizona, I would say. Mm -hmm. They were right. that was their goal. And quite frankly, they they did it as well as anybody, right? They right they now let's let's talk a little bit obviously about uh, last night. Now, and I you and I were texting a little bit back and forth during the, actually a lot back and forth during the game. Um the one thing, though, that generally the losses that hurt me the most, and I'm going to – I don't mean to throw salt in an open wound here because um, I'm going to ask you about this as well. But I was only six at the time, but 89 hurts because you know that – let's be honest here. Arizona was a better basketball team than UNLV. Yeah. Um, 90 uh, – excuse me, uh, Santa Clara hurts. 98 hurts. It didn't hurt as much just because you're just coming off a title, so you at least got that – um, 05 obviously is the absolute killer. Yeah. You know, Matt, the one thing that I can reconcile at least a little bit last night is that Houston, I felt at least that day, deserved to win that game. They looked like the better team on that game. Whereas I think like with 89, if you guys are to play 10 times, you're winning the overwhelming majority of those games. Yeah, no, 100%. And I'll say I'll say this, Mike. I, I felt that way one minute into the game. Right. Like how long, how athletic how quick how strong um and how good their defense was you know stood out to me a minute in it, it, right. it didn't really change in you know 39 minutes later and one thing that hit me as i was watching last night and i looked it up this morning they just it, it, it you know there was a feeling of kind of men versus boys right i'm not I'm not going to overrate it that much, but it just seemed like they were the older, stronger team. But your your age, your and again, I don't want to I don't want to spill uh, secrets here, but I thought your 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 text I thought was a good point though, where you're like, we got a lot of sophomores here, and then you've got a lot of grad kids, fifth year yeah. guys, and you know this better than anybody, Matt. There's a big difference between being 19 and 22, or 20 and 23. The difference is immense. Yes. It's immense, and it's it's also why Kentucky lost to a 15. 
They, right. can, anybody think Kentucky has less talent than St. Peter's? Right. Well, they lost because they lost to a bunch of you know guys that had been through it. And so I looked it up, Mike. The top five scores at Houston, they have played in 640 basketball games wow. in their career. Arizona, their top five scores, <laughs> 320. Half wow. of them. And right. so it's like, think about this. It's not just the games. It's twice as many games, twice as many practices, twice as many weightlifting sessions, right. twice as many times you've lost and had to get over that and get better and get, you know, hardened, if you mm -hmm. will, you know, through twice, you know, working through leagues and non-conference and tournaments, twice as many you know, of that kind of thing. It's an overwhelming bit of experience, you know, or, or part of experience that they've had. And it, it showed they were a good team. Kelvin did a great job. They made Arizona comfortable. And I think Tommy made a really good point after the game. If Arizona played Houston five times, I don't know how many they'd win or lose. Hmm? But after the fifth time they played them, I think they would beat them the majority of the time because they would learn how to play yeah. against that style, the, the, you know, the tempo, the athleticism. They, their, their skill set would learn how to play against a very tough, and I'm not taking anything away from Houston, believe me, because I, I love Kelvin. I, I You probably don't know this. One of Kelvin's first years, the 1989, you just talked about it. Mm -hmm. We played in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament against them. They had won the play-in game because there were 10 teams. Okay. They were, they were the eight seed. We were the one. We were probably a 30-point favorite. We almost lost. We won by, I think, two points or three points or whatever. We won at the very end. And I, all I can remember is – no one played harder than Washington State. Right. They just played as hard as anyone we played. Right. And he's been doing that, you know, for 35 years. All right. Let me tell you first, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. Here's the deal. Throw down $5 on tournament games. And if you're a new customer, you get $200 in free plays. That simple, that easy. 21 and up, Arizona only. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. My DraftKings pick of the week, well, it all it was Arizona, so I'm going to try another one now. I'm going to back the pack. I'm going to go UCLA tonight against North Carolina. I've got mixed opinions about it, but you know what, Matt? I'm at the end of the day, I'm always going to root for a Pac-12 team outside of ASU. Is that dumb? Is uh, how do you, how do you feel about that as a letterman yourself? I'm always going to root for Pac-12 teams in the tournament. Now, UCLA to me, it's the flip of Arizona, Houston. UCLA mm -hmm. seems like the more experienced team, slower pace, right? You know, veteran dudes. Um, I'm with you. All right. So now let's talk about what Arizona needs to do from a roster perspective. I think a couple things stuck out for me right there. Um, first and foremost, and again, Kurz hobbled. We get that. But the, the you got to get quicker. You got to get a little bit more explosive at the guard area. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. Houston was just kind of able to get where they wanted on the court. And that's what bothered me. That's what worried me more about this game than the TCU game is that I felt Arizona would catch up with TCU. There was a point, like you said, mine, I'm not as smart as you, so it took me a little bit longer. But there was a point, though, where it's like, man, these dudes are getting whatever shot they want, Matt. They're getting in the key. They're passing it out. Arizona's got to get quicker and a little bit more explosive there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, more athletic. Um, you know, I think all those things, older, quicker, um, I think it makes sense. Um, just, you know, just better all around. You know, they, and I think, you know, a lot of it is Tommy had less than one year to right. put his system into these players that haven't, you know, all the, all the nuance of 
his pick and roll stuff and all the nuance of how he defends and all that. You know, again, I'm not taking anything away from Houston, but Samson's been doing it with this team and with his guys, and there's a there's continuity there. There's mm. zero continuity with Tommy so far, and now he'll have some. So I'm probably most interested, and I know some people got on, you know, Azulus Tubelis for his last couple games. They weren't, you know, up to his standards. I'm kind of most interested in what happens to him in the offseason, like, you know, how they develop him, how much he works. What would you do? Matt Muehlbach, if you've got a, you've got a summer with Azulis and you're trying to make him, what, what is Matt Muehlbach doing? You know, I think I think the first thing is I mean everyone's gonna say is jumper. You got he's gotta shoot it better. You know, he's gotta shoot it better from the outside. But I think everything, it's just it's becoming more athletic, it's getting in the weight room, it's becoming more confident, it's becoming, you know, doing things better with the ball. Um, he's got to finish around the rim better. He missed a lot of right. you know, contested shots against TCU and 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 Houston. Um, it's just again getting older, getting better. I think from the mental standpoint, he's got to realize how big and strong and good he could be, right? And, and be, you know, confident. He, I, you know what I'll do? I'll tell you. And I didn't really. I answered it sort of generally. I would get a tape of, uh, and I'm not. Is it uh, Sabonis? Sabonis. Demonis Sabonis. Demonis Sabonis. I would get a tape of Sabonis, and I would start watching it all summer long. Okay. Now. Let me ask you this. Now, I remember this very well. Michael Dickerson, obviously, and again, I'm not comparing Tabellas to Dickerson because Dickerson was a much better player than Tabellas. That's no slight to Tabellas. Mike yeah. D was Mike D was just a different cat. <laughs> if you saw it, you just knew. But yeah. when 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 Dickerson struggled against uh, uh, Kentucky and or excuse me, North Carolina and Kentucky, I remember this very well. That at least it was quoted that Lute was asked after the season, you know, what did you talk about with Mike? And he said, we didn't talk about it because we don't worry about it happening again. That was just a blip. Is this something from your perspective? Do you talk with the Julius about this? Or do you kind of take the approach of, you know what, he knows that he knows he didn't play well, we can move on. What is, what is your take on that? I think a lot of it has to do with what what the relationship is with the Julius, you know, and, and Tommy probably has a good feel like does is that the kind of thing, you know, some guys are motivated by going back and looking at the tape and saying, Hey, I need to get better. Let me see what I did wrong. Some guys need a different approach. Um, I would probably talk about it a little bit. Like I don't, I, I would probably bring it up and say, look, you know, you need to get better. You know, you had a great year. There were times, Hey, there were times that you could legitimately say to Bellis might have been the MVP of the entire conference. Correct. And there were stretches. Um, he was magnificent at stretches. And so, you know, again, it's a young kid. It's a sophomore. Um, what does he look like when he's a senior? That That's what that's what you look at. And nobody's going. The reason I think that people are you're, you're holding him to a higher standard because you know what he can do. If Tabellus was a guy that, you know, you, you're thinking to yourself, all right, this is basically a seven and five guy or something. Give you an example. We all love Gene Edgerson here. Nobody was going into the season, though, saying, man, I need 18 and 14 out of Gene. That wasn't his game. You know what a Julius right. can do. So you won't, you've you got to be complimented just that you're having that talk because people know what you're capable of. 100%. I mean, you say it as out of respect because you yeah. know, he, he's got a, a higher ceiling than a lot of kids. Okay. Now. Let's, I want to talk about next year's roster a little bit, but again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, throw down $5 on tournament games, $200 in free plays if you're a new customer. Matt, the Kansas City Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill right here. Yes. How do you, if you were looking and, you know, looking and pegging where you would be uh, Chiefs over or under 
12 wins next season. What's Matt Muehlbach thinking if he was on that app? On 12, probably under. Do you think that you think that's too big of a loss to come back from? Well, I actually think it's what they did was they secured their long-term um exactly Patriots way. It was the greatest move. It was an unbelievable move, actually. Right. Where it just kind of takes you back a little bit. You bring in Juju, so that's not a bad consolation. Bring in prize, Juju. Right? Yeah, you get five draft picks and the Patriots, that's how the Patriots did it. They never assigned gigantic free agents. Just so people know, too, a lot of people wonder, Juju Smith-Schuster, no relation to, relation to John Schuster. <laughs> people do think that from time to time. They are wrong. Okay. That's right. Andre Vera says, now I want to – Matt, you keep your you keep your uh, nose to the NBA uh, NBA uh, pretty closely. you got some – I think it's fair to say some pretty good buddies in some pretty high positions in the NBA. Yeah. Let's, if you were – if you're advising Christian Coloco, Dalen Terry – what would be your uh, what would be your advice there? Well, I think you know you can make an argument that if they play really well in the in the workouts, they could be you know somewhere late in the first round, possibly. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where you'd start. Um, and I would probably argue, hey, go one more year at least. Um, well, Coloco's going to be a senior, but go one more year and move yourself into the into the top fifteen in the first round. That's that would be my argument for both of them. You know what I think Coloco's got an interesting uh, – I think if Coloco comes back, and we saw this during the offseason, we saw this during the red-blue, Coloco's actually got a sneaky, effective uh, jump shot. I think what you do is you bring Coloco back and you say, listen, everybody knows what you can do defensively. You're never going to be Kareem in the low post, no, nothing personal. But you know how you can really make yourself a real commodity in the NBA is if you're that guy that can stretch the court. And I think if you sell, I think you can sell him on that saying you're going to get one to two of those shots a game. And it's not like you're asking Umar Ballo to do it. I mean, we've certainly seen that Coloco's got a pretty soft feathery touch there for a guy that big. Yeah. And I just think him that that's an awesome point. And I think him just getting bigger, makes him a more long-term guy in the NBA. And I'll say this too. I got to give you credit. Dalen Terry, um, he's he's better than I thought. Um, and I'll say this about him last night. He was one of two players. Matherin didn't have a great shooting night, but Matherin still attacked mm -hmm. Houston, and they were still afraid of him. They, right. they And again, you know, there were reasons why, but, you know, didn't didn't – it wasn't because of his lack of athleticism and, and ability and all of that. And he attacked him. He was not afraid of him. And Dalen Terry was the same way. Right. And then I thought Dalen had a really good game last night. Um, hell, I'd tell Dalen Terry, come back, learn how to play the point um, even more, get that jump shot even better, which has been improving all season long. He's got a chance to be an incredible – like, again, his his dream is he's the next Andre Iguodala. Listen, if he comes back, does, does don't you have the feel that he could be a guy that averages 14, 6, and 6? Absolutely. You know, yeah. something like that. He's, 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 he's going to get two triple doubles next year. Right. He comes back. And remember, he's a guy that I don't even think he ever scored 20 this year. Right. He was, he was, such, a, he was such a facilitator. And I think next year he could be like when Andre became more of a scorer. Think of, I mean, we always think of Andre, the recency bias. Right. Just think of him with the Warriors as that six man, incredible defender. What a teammate. He was an NBA All Star that led the Sixers in scoring for how many years? Putting up 20 a game. And it's not like he's shooting 36% from the yeah. field or something. He's shooting fairly right. efficient numbers, too. Right. And I think that's that's where Dalen wants to get to, right? Is to become more of a, 
more of a score, more of a, you know, and, and increase all those numbers across. He's a guy too, that he's got a, and we talked about this a little bit last week. He's got, by the way, when we hang out next week, drinks on me, obviously, since I'm not paying you for any of this. Um, but uh, he's got a little Sean Marion in him in this regard. And that the release is weird, but it's a soft touch. It got to the yeah. point as the season went on, when the ball was rolling around the rim, that it's like, there's something there again. You'd like you'd like yeah. the shot to be a little bit more, per, or a little the perfection there. But it's not like it's a lost cause. It's not like it's Rajon Rondo. <laughs> well, and two things on that. One is you know, as a fan, when you watch someone shoot, you feel good or you don't feel good when he throws it up, right? Right. I think in the last two months, you felt really good when when Dalen shot the ball, especially from the corner. He loved the corner, um, and then. I, I think the other thing is he hit big shots. He had a tendency that whenever Arizona needed a shot, it seemed like he was there to make one. Right. What would you do, Matt, before we sign off right here, and I want to tell everybody, too, about this sign behind me, this thing that's literally backing the A. All right, backing my A. It's SaturdayNeon.com. These people are fantastic. They hooked me up. Here's the deal. You go there and use code word PHNX for 10% off discount, and you can get this thing right there at 10% off. It makes me look cool. You guys look cooler than me. So imagine how cool you'll look with this right there. SaturdayNeon.com. They got everything there, all your college choices. All right, Matt. Point guard U obviously was a moniker under uh, under Lute Olson that, you know, was – and it just made perfect sense. Your guy Steve Kerr, then, I mean, heck, even people you forget about. Your Matt Offix, who we were talking about the other day. Then you get into the real kind of the cream of the crop where you're going Damon, you're going Bibby, you're going JT, you're going Gardner, Reggie in there. Yeah. I, I say that because when you look at Kerr Creasa, he's obviously an effective player. He's shown a lot of moments – do you look at him as a guy that is your starting point guard for the next two years playing 35 minutes a game? Is he more than a, a one and a half, a little bit of a sixth? What are, what do you look at him for at that position? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I guess that's the answer. I mean, um, you know, it depends on who, you know, if, if Tommy Lloyd brings in, what was the kid from Gonzaga last year? Suggs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he brings in right. the third pick in the draft, like <laughs> – Right. You know, who, who knows how that's going to play out. But, you know, I remember, like you just said it, you know, think of over the years, Reggie Geary was a three-man his first two years. Then he was right. a two. Then he was a one. Steve Kerr was a two for his first three years. Then he played the one his last year. And never turned the ball over his entire Ever. season. <laughs> Ever. I think he had 31 turnovers in 38 ridiculously hard games. Like, right. like it was crazy. But. You know, I mean, Kreese has just got to get better. Again, he's – I mentioned those games that those guys played. Kreese has played – this is what's shocking. He's played 41 games. Mm-hmm. Like, he's literally a freshman right now. Right. And, you know, like you said, he's a very effective player. You know, he wasn't perfect. You know, I think he he ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw against Houston. He also probably wasn't 100% healthy. Um, but, I, you know, again, he's got to get better, and it depends what the personnel. He might be a guy – it does move over to the two. Remember, he was with the two last year when mm-hmm. Kanto and him played together for eight games. Right. Um, so I'm not sure. You know, I think a lot of it is personnel driven, but um, he seems like a kid that he he's going to get better. Like I, I I foresee that kid really working. Right. Matt Mulebach, can't thank you enough for coming on, my man. As always, you are the absolute best, and uh, I'm holding you to hanging out next week. Let's do it, man. It's been a great year. I mean, like for you sure. said, Tommy Lloyd. Arizona's in an unbelievable spot. Disappointing last night, but 
you know, it's all good. Just got to put things in perspective right there. Absolutely. So, you know all what? Right. All right, Matt. Appreciate you again, my man. Thanks, for, Matt, for Matt Mulebach, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Thank you.